Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome. To the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCube regardless. This show is one in which I discuss, nay, uh, monologue more like, because uh, it's not a two-way street. It's a one-way boulevard. Rather, where I throw out all the media I have consumed so it doesn't sit in the dusty attic of my mind and slowly drive me insane. Is the idea, is it working? I suppose the only way I could test the workitude, which is not a word, of this theory is to stop doing the podcast. And if I, uh, 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 my theory is correct that it is what is keeping me sane, and I were to stop, well, then I would go insane, and that's not good for no one. It ain't no good for no one. You might say. Oh my god, quickly off the rails. Uh, okay, so basically I'm going to push some buttons, and then we're going to talk about a, a variety of things. And I think, movie, TV, book, game, internet. Oh, you know what? I almost feel like I haven't had one of these in a while, where I have uh, every segment covered. And covered well, I might add, in this particular episode that I'm looking forward to starting like this. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Uber, but for very powerful vampires. Uber Vamp. Thank you for that sponsorship. Uh, movie the first, Stuber. Oh, well, that's quite a coincidence. From 2019, starring none other than Mr. Kamal Nanjiani and Dave Batista. An interesting pairing, and uh, I remember when they were going around and uh, like uh, uh, doing promotion for this movie. Uh, like it came out, <laughs> this is a, a behind the scenes of the movie. Uh, uh, that uh, this was like sort of uh, uh, Dave Bautista's first uh, star. I guess it's co-starring, but first like really big role. I, I mean, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy, but uh, that was a sort of an ensemble cast. Whereas this, he's one of the main characters. Uh, so I guess he was like very excited and he's like a famously nice guy and and i have a, a we end this podcast by saying it's nice to be nice to the nice and i always have a, a soft spot in my heart for uh nice guys like uh, like this like weird al uh, uh henry winkler you know they're, they're they're sort of known nice people out there and uh he's one of them uh, he he is on that list so part of that uh, uh, meant that when the movie was uh, sort of wrapping up, he bought like everyone cast crew gifts, 
and uh, and it sounds like they were all like personalized. Like it wasn't just like he went to a store and bought a bunch of uh, I don't know watches and gave everyone a watch. No, he like personalized everyone in some way to the person. So really incredible uh, story. <laughs> and Kumail didn't do that. Uh, so that was sort of a, a lot of the discussion around uh, like didn't get anyone. But, uh, you know, it's not a known thing that you do, I don't think. Like, it's not something, it's just the, the incredible niceness of Batista uh, that, uh, you know, brought that forth. So I like it, and I like the movie. Uh, on that note, typical, you know, buddy cop, although one of them's not a cop, movie. Uh, uh, follows a lot of the same things you'll see where, uh, you know, they hate each other at first. Uh, and then there'll be a time where they like each other and then something will happen and they'll hate each other again and then at the end of the movie they'll like each other again. And that's basically all of these movies, but, uh, you know, with action and comedy and goodness. Gracious. Rating of... Can I go five? Uh, no, I can't because uh, it, it doesn't do too much different. Uh, I guess the one thing it does different and the reason I'm gonna give it a 4.126 yeah sure uh, is the fact that uh, Stuber uh, uh, the titular uber I guess you could say uh, Kamel is not uh, he, he's sort of pulled into this uh, the, this crime and this action while driving an Uber because uh, uh, Dave Batista just got uh, laser eye surgery, so you need someone to drive him around. Uh, so a series of unfortunate events sort of throws them together right in the time where his sort of big case is breaking, and and, and that's the story that sort of uh, we find ourselves in. And uh, lots of comedy, uh, good in general. Let's move on to movie the second, The Mountain from 2018, starring none other than Mr. Jeff Gold. Goldblum, which is why I watched the movie, because I will watch anything with Jeff Goldblum, and uh, I will say, of things with Jeff Goldblum in them, this is maybe not my favorite. <laughs> uh, it was very strange, let me read the IMDA, I wonder if that'll help. Uh, uh, the story of a young man, so the young man is played by Ty Sheridan, who's, I think, you know, uh, very popular lately, sort of exploded onto the, the movie scene somewhat recently. Uh, the story of a young man who, after losing his mother, goes to work with a doctor specializing in lobotomies and therapies. Uh, yeah, so this takes place in, uh, it's a period piece, I guess you would say. When were they doing lobotomies? Is it like the 50s? I don't know, it sort of has that vibe anyway. Vibe. And uh, it's just very, very weird and slow. And uh, I, I, I suppose what you would call this movie is like an art piece. Isn't that a thing? An art piece? Uh, and maybe I wasn't expecting that or, or, or wasn't in the mood for it at the time. I feel like this is the type of movie you, you have to uh, know what you're getting into and, and, and be in the mood to experience art. And maybe I just wasn't. So uh, I didn't much care for it, to be 100% honest with you, which I very rarely say mean things in the podcast. And that is a mean thing I have just said. So rating-wise... Uh, apologies, Jeff Goldblum. I know you're no doubt listening to this podcast. Uh, I'm going to give it like a, like a one, between a one and a two. I, I just, it didn't pull me in at all. I, I, I kind of didn't like it, really. I'm sorry, The Mountain. Moving on from The Mountain to the Grass, In the Tall Grass from 2019. Ah, 
more like smoking the tall grass this friggin weird movie uh based on a stephen king novella i do believe uh, something interesting uh, i read a while back or saw an interview or something about stephen king is that um the reason there is a lot of Stephen King movies out there is because uh, he writes, you know, long novels uh, or, or regular sized novels, but he also writes a lot of short stories and novellas. I don't really know what defines these terms, to be honest with you. Like, when does a novella become a novel? Is it is it, is it a word count? Is it a page count? Is it a feel? I, I, I honestly have no idea. Um, but what was I saying? Oh, oh yeah. So, um interesting thing about Stephen King is uh, he allows people to take his uh, short stories and novellas and turn them into movies for free. Or rather, I, I think I read he charges a dollar. Uh, whereas most people, you know, if, if you're going to take their work and turn it into a movie, you're going to have to pay, you know, a nice chunk of change. So that's that's one of the reasons why he uh, you see a lot of Stephen King uh, adaptations such as this. Uh, some are good, some are bad. This one, definitely, I would say, falls into the good one. Creepy as hell. Definitely Stephen King levels of creepiness. Hey, there you go. Uh, and, and also doing something which I find... Uh, like, uh, I don't think this was always this way. It's almost in the last, I'm going to go like five years or so. Um, horror movies that have some sort of time travel uh, 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 mix into it. Some some wibbly wobbly bits, as uh, Doctor Who would say. Uh, so that, that that's a little bit of a spoiler, but, uh, but not really. Which I, shit, you know what I think I forgot to do? recently is at the top of every show i would warn of spoilers and now i'm sort of hit and miss at uh, doing so so i'm doing so now that i might spoil some of these things warning uh after hearing a young boy's cry for help a sister and brother venture into a vast field of tall grass in kansas but soon discover there may be no way out and something evil lurks within Boy, howdy does it. Uh, yeah, um, this is... The, <laughs> one thing I will say of this, uh, watch this with the missus, of course, it's a horror movie. Uh, definitely, you will not want to go into tall grass after watching this movie. Just sort of period, full stop. Uh, so, you know, mission accomplished in the tall grass from 2019, which I'm giving a five. Ooh, I really, really did like it. Anything with time stuff in it, plus horror, plus creep factor... Yeah, I think uh, I think I'll go just shy of a five. Uh, I don't know if it quite hit the five mark, but it was goddamn close. Moving on. Television talk. Today's television talk sponsor is Rent a Swag. Thank you for that sponsorship, in which we are talking Parks and Recreation season one. Two seven, holy clamoli, clamoli. He said for some reason, huh? Okay, uh, yeah, I binged the hell out of this. Like, uh, I, I just had it on a lot, and and a lot of it because I think I mentioned last episode that the missus broke her uh, pelvis uh, from falling off a horse. So, because of that, I've uh, uh, been working home uh, from home uh, a fair amount more often than I have in the past because, well, she needs help, you know, getting out of bed. And, and stairs are not quite impossible, but pretty goddamn close. And, uh, uh, you know, making meals and such. So, 
Uh, because of that, when I'm working from home, uh, rather than have a podcast on, as I do when I work from work, uh, quite often I'll have sort of TV on in the background. So try to pick a show that I've already seen before, which I've seen all these, uh, and, and something uh, with a lot of seasons, which is nice. Uh, so this really, really fit the bill. And uh, then there's the sort of combination of uh, just a sort of a tough time dealing with that and then dealing with work stuff. Uh, to have a comedy show on in the background of your life, I, I, I think it helps immeasurably. Um, so thank you, Parks and Rec season one to seven. If you have, if you've never seen an episode of Parks and Rec, this is a classic. Ooh, I feel like I haven't had one of these in a while. A classic pity envy situations. I pity you because you've never seen an episode of Parks and Rec yet, but yet. I envy you because now you have seven entire seasons available for your viewing pleasure. Uh, if you're in Canada, it's uh, available on Amazon. Uh, I don't know if you're in the U.S., maybe Netflix, maybe Amazon as well. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. I, I don't really have much to say about it other than uh, uh, it's a great cast, uh, deep uh, interesting characters, uh, Ron Swanson, just, just incredible. I have actually a Ron Swanson bust. Uh, I think I got it on Think Geek way back in the day when that was a company, since it no longer is. And it, uh, uh, the little plaque on the bus says, uh, give me all the bacon and eggs that you have. <laughs> uh, that's good. Just, uh, and, and, and it warms your heart too. Like it, it, it's, uh, it, it's sort of an upbeat, like there, there's not a lot of dour, uh, it's just sort of a shiny, happy, uh, comfort food of a show. It, it's similar, not dissimilar to how people rewatch The Office over and over again. Parks and Rec, uh, uh, similar vein, obviously, and I think will fill that hole in your life, and I love it. Moving on. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Today's book banter sponsor is Colonel's Fried Infernal Chicken. Thank you for that sponsorship. Oh, I, I, if I, I, I forgot to say my rating on Parks and Rec season one is seven, uh, 5.1 out of five. Huh? 5.1 out of five. Yeah. Is that even possible? Must be because it just happened. Okay, if you listen to, I believe, last week's episode, I could be wrong, uh, I'm reading a, a series called The Demonata by Darren Shan. Interesting. So I have for you here uh, book number two titled Demon Thief. Let's see what the good reads has to tell us. Uh, Colonel Fleck has always known he's weird. He sees lights. Strange, multicolored patches of light swirling through the air. But it's not until a window opens into a demon world with horrific consequences that Colonel discovers his powers. As a disciple, his mission is to hunt vicious, powerful demons to the death. Okay, so that's not a great description because the disciple thing... Uh, he's not really a disciple. He rather meets up with this group of sort of X-Men-like characters led by someone known as Barnabas, was it? I don't know. It was some weird name. Like a wizard type uh, uh, who travel uh, uh, to places on Earth and also different uh, demon dimensions battling evil, as you do. And they all have sort of different abilities. Uh, uh, the the uh, colonel's ability is that ability to... Uh, 
tap into whatever those lights are, which is never really explained. Uh, it's it almost felt like you know what it felt like um, from D and D, which is not too surprising, I guess. It felt like the weave. If you're unfamiliar with D and D magic, uh, uh, it comes from something called the weave, which is basically it just like permeates everything. It's it's one of those sort of uh, back in the back in. Uh, uh, Victorian times, I think, uh, they had something called ether, which was like uh, uh, just sort of a insubstantial substance uh, uh, that connected everything, and and that's sort of what these lights felt like. Um, okay, so uh, it's a fun book. Uh, rating wise, choose well, I'll, I'll go a solid four, maybe even four and change for some cool points. Um, it, it did tie it in with the first book. So, uh, so far I, I can't verify how tied together these books are going to be. Uh, it has a bit of a feel of the Terry Pratchett disc world in that I think it's going to be, and uh, I'm only two books in, so I can't verify yet, um, that they're all sort of taking place in the same worlds with just different main characters for each book. Uh, in, in fact, uh, one of the characters from the first book uh, what was his name? Grady something. Anyways, uh, he uh, is in the latter chunk of this book. Uh, there was a really cool section uh, that felt very D&D-like as well, which is maybe why I'm liking these, obviously, uh, where uh, uh, this Colonel Fleck uh, is sort of making a deal with a demon, which you, which you don't do, that uh, he can go free uh, if he completes this task, uh, this task is basically going into a dungeon, like a and d style dungeon, where he's uh, put into this box almost. It's almost like a chessboard uh, in a box, it felt like, where he's like shrunken down into this pocket dimension and has to sort of battle his way out and, and, and solve puzzles. And uh, it was a very, very cool section. I, I like that a lot. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, uh, okay, so Demon Thief, The Demonata Number 2 by Darren Shan. Thank you for your bookinage. Game Gavin. Today's Game Gavin sponsor is the Partially Formed Mimic Coffee Mug. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I have two games for you today. First and foremost, I will say, is Prey. Ah, I think I bought this in a Steam summer sale and it was just sitting there and I, I kind of forgot I had it, which uh, recently, from my perspective, Steam just changed the way that your library is set up. And at first I was upset, which tends to be the... Uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not the type of person who is upset enough about these uh, UI changes to go online and complain about them, but I am like, ah, oh, geez, I, I kind of like the way it was. But then I'm also the type of person who realizes I've had that feeling before and it has always gone away. <laughs> and, and in most cases, I've, tend, uh, I've tended to like the changes after a time. So uh, it, it's just that uh, human fear of change, I think, that uh, the initial shock of, oh, Jesus, I, I like the way this was. Why did they have to go and change it? If it ain't broke, don't fix it, theory, which uh, um, leaves, leads to stagnation quite often. So if it ain't broke, could it be better? Mm, question mark? Anyways, we're not here to talk about Steam, although uh, in the game Gavin segment, we may as well. We're here to talk about Prey, which is a very, very good game. Uh, I liked it a lot, rating-wise, 4.78. Sure, that sounds accurate. 
Um, so you're uh, you're playing. Uh, uh, I think you pick man or woman. I usually always just pick a woman. Um, uh, on a space station, who uh, that has been uh, uh, overrun by these weird things. Yeah, just weird alien things. Uh, uh, they come in many forms, uh, and those forms can hide themselves in forms. Or some of them. Some of them are called mimics, and uh, say that coffee mug on your table could be one of them and then you could go to reach for it and then it could turn into this black oozy sort of octopus tentacle looking thing and then uh, jump on you and try to kill you so that that's pretty horrifying eventually you get a uh, like a helmet visor sort of thing that you can put on that can scan and uh, you could sort of scan a room and say okay that that coffee mug's one of them uh and the fun thing about that is uh you can then shoot a coffee mug that is one of them and then it deals extra damage because you've sort of caught it before it could uh turn into its uh, shape uh on that note a bunch of different guns uh, start off with uh your first sort of gun is actually one called a goo gun uh basically what it lets you do is freeze the mimics in place so you can hit them with a big wrench uh, <laughs> kind of fun right there. Uh, then there's there's bigger ones, sort of humanoid shaped ones. Then there's like huge ones that sort of fly around and have powers. Uh, the, the the array of types of bad guys pretty fun. Also, the array of powers that you get, pretty incredible, reminded me a little bit of a game from, I believe it was PlayStation 2, could be 3, uh, called PsyOps, The Mindgate Conspiracy, which is a horrible name for a game, but was an incredible game that sort of flew under the radar, I think. Um... And uh, I, I played through the whole thing, beat the whole thing, and uh, really much enjoyed it. The story was interesting. Uh, the, there's choices you have to make. Uh, I went a sort of evil route <laughs> because I, I just wanted to see what would happen. And so, so that was sort of fun. Uh, that ending is probably not the quote-unquote good ending, but, uh, but, but I enjoyed it anyways. Uh, voice acting good. Yeah, all, all in all, one of the best games I've played in a while. And it, not too surprising because I, I, I remember when it came out, people tended uh, to like it. Uh, a fair amount and it's also from Bethesda so you know Bethesda come on obviously obviously gonna have some uh, good games right needless to say uh, they do my favorite series of all time Fallout so the fact that I like this not too surprising uh, moving on to uh, a game that was also good but not quite as good a story about my uncle it was a first-person platforming adventure game about a boy who searches for his lost uncle and ends up in a world he couldn't imagine existed. The movement is a crucial part of the game core gameplay. <laughs> I was just reading the Steam there, obviously. Uh, this felt like a game that... Like, uh, if you go to Steam and look at just some of the screenshots of it, it looks almost like a VR game. But then the movement probably would make you vomit, <laughs> I imagine, because you're sort of swinging around and doing incredibly long jumps, and, and gravity's sort of a little floaty, it felt like. Uh, very fun, uh, a little frustrating at times. Uh, platforming when you are... Platforming as a, when I was a, a kid was fun. Like, a, you know, your Mario's and your, your other games where jumping in, onto little platforms is a thing fun you know sort, sort, sort of hectic and frenetic and uh, oh geez I, I didn't make that one I got to redo it 10 times you know that sort of thing was fun and exciting now that I'm uh, 38 37 
38. Uh, 38, I'm pretty sure. Uh, born in 1981. Um, <laughs> sometimes forget how old I am. Uh, another sign of age. Uh, uh, now that I'm this age, God damn it. Uh, I, I don't find platforming as fun. Uh, the, 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 uh, I'm not as good at it. Uh, my reflexes are probably not as good as they were as a young man. Uh, the frustration kicks in because uh, my theory is because I know that I'm closer to death. So it feels like I'm wasting my time doing the same thing over and over again. So for those reasons, uh, uh, it, it was fun at first, but eventually, you know, uh, as happens, uh, the older I get, I'll get a point in the game where I have to do things uh, five times over. I'm like, fuck this, why the hell am I doing this? I have a hundred plus other games I haven't played yet, so I sort of turn it off. Um, if I didn't have a job <laughs> and could just play video games all day, every day, uh, I, I would have given this a much higher mark. Uh, I, I'm just going to go with solid three. Which I, I, I suppose is similar to my moving TV ones, which is enjoyed while playing, but probably wouldn't play again. I enjoyed while playing, but probably wouldn't play again because it would involve uh, getting to points where it became frustrating. So uh, I'm going to try to remember the good points of the game and forget about the bad. Moving on. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Cultural Insensitivity. Thank you for that sponsorship. Item the first, how did this get played? Custer's Revenge with Joey Clift. This was an interesting moment in podcast history, actually. Probably could break it down. And um, have seen a lot, a lot of posts uh, on the various uh, uh, sites the, the, the podcast sites, some some other podcast. Um, Yo, Is This Racist had on Joey Cliff uh, on the week after this episode dropped. So uh, if you haven't heard about this, and, and the only reason I say that is the potential for someone listening to this podcast deep down in the podcast listening rabbit hole uh, uh, may have experience, I imagine, with other podcasts. One of them could be How Did This Get Played, which I have spoken of on this very podcast how much I enjoy it and I still do it's just this episode was a, a, a sort of very interesting slice of uh, uh, culture at this time and I think probably my underlying takeaway from this episode before I say anything about it is uh, everyone should listen to it everyone who uh, 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 wants to be I was just going to say, wants to be woke. <laughs> and anyone who wants to, jeez, uh, uh, how would I say this? And anyone who wants to better themselves. Yeah, maybe that's a good way. I, I think if you listen to this podcast, it will make you think in different ways that uh, lean towards the betterment of humanity. Holy shit, <laughs> maybe I'm building it up a little bit too much. Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, so this is what happened. Um, how did this get played? They talk about horrible video games. Uh, Custer's Revenge is famously 
uh, a horrible video game. Whenever you see worst video games of all time, Custer's Revenge, the, the only reason I know of this video game is because of looking at over the years, over the decades, seeing lists of the worst video games of all time and seeing this game appear on that on lists such as that. So, of course, uh, How Did This Get Played is going to talk about it. Now, where they sort of uh, stepped in it, uh, is that uh, uh, this is an incredibly uh, insensitive game to Native Americans, and Joey Clift is a member of a Native American tribe, and they also did it during uh, for their Thanksgiving episode. So uh, I almost feel like, uh, and this is why listening to that episode is a good idea, because I, I feel like hindsight is twenty twenty in that they didn't realize the combination of all these things was a bad idea. And I, 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 I know after, before listening to this episode, uh, I could have very, very easily, I don't have guessed, but if, if I did, I could have very, very easily fallen for the same, uh, it's not a trap, uh, fallen for the same, uh, uh, fallen into the same scenario that they did. But after listening to it, I feel like maybe now... Not that I have guess again, but 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 now maybe I'm going to think about things like this where I wasn't before. So for that reason alone, uh, um, this is a good lesson uh, to to get your mind in a different frame of mind. Yeah, just period, full stop. Um, Joey Clift, incredibly uh, 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 nice in that. Uh, uh, he brought it up. He, he brought up how this made him feel, how he felt uh, uh, the tokenism uh, came up repeatedly of the situation, how they invited him uh, under this. And it, it, it never felt like he was attacking them. Uh, uh, the, the hosts of the show, uh, they rather than sort of balk, rather than sort of say, oh, uh, what are you talking about? They sort of said, yeah, you know what? You're 100% right. Uh, this is bad. What we have done here is bad. And you could that was the one sort of thing. I, I hope you don't mind a bit of a cringe because you will cringe listening to this. Uh, it's a cringe that, uh, very high levels, but it also, it's a cringe that I think you will leave, uh, the episode being better for your cringiness. If you listen to this and don't cringe, maybe there's something wrong with you. <laughs> How about that? Uh, regardless, this is the internet intercourse segment of this podcast. This is, uh, I think, an important moment in internetness. So uh, I, I highly recommend you go listen to that. Uh, and also, you know, um, they managed to do this talk and throw in uh, some some funny moments as well. So <sighs> I wanted to bring it back here, and I have done so. Uh, okay, moving on. I feel like I could have probably just stopped there and saved these other things because. Uh, yeah, what the hell? Uh, uh, moving on to Half-Life Alex announcement. Ah, yes, this is interesting. Uh, so it just came out from my perspective that uh, a new Half-Life game is announced. What the hell? Pretty exciting. Uh, I remember playing the first Half-Life uh, on, a, on a PC back in the day. My uncle got a copy from his office that was sort of floating around. May have been pirated. I don't know. This was way, way back in the day. Um, and just being entranced by it. And then playing every game since multiple times over the years. These are games that you can dust off. After watching the announcement from this, I, I want to dust off. Uh, I feel like I haven't played Half-Life 2, just Half-Life 2. 
I think that's one I haven't played in a while. Anyways, uh, I really wanted Dusty, so I, I played Half-Life not too long ago, actually. <laughs> like, uh, within the last year, anyway. Uh, so this is going to be a VR experience. Uh, it's going to be available for the Oculus. <laughs> Excuse me, which is good, as I have an Oculus, uh, so I was a little worried about that. Hopefully my system can handle it. Uh, although, uh, on that note, I think... Uh, if you are a long-time listener, you will know every year I go to Fan Expo. Uh, I think maybe this year I might take it off, uh, or maybe just go for one day and not get the whole VIP stay overnight package sort of crazy expense thing, and uh, invest in a new gaming PC. Uh, it's sort of a tentative plan uh, with my tax money, because I always get to, uh, some money back from taxes. Anyways, nothing to do with uh, this, other than the fact that... Um, uh, I'm very excited about Half-Life Alex. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the Half-Life series, Alex is uh, one of the female protagonists from uh, Half-Life 2, Episode 1 and 2, um, and it's going to be from her perspective, and uh, most people think it's going to be a prequel of some sort. Um, famously, Half-Life 3 been in the works, or not in the works, uh, been sort of missing for years, so uh, uh, there's sort of theories going around, and this does sound believable, but that... Uh, this is sort of the spiritual successor uh, in place of Half-Life 3, which kind of makes a little sense. Or, or maybe this is the tease for Half-Life 3. It's supposed to be about 15 hours, which uh, is a long time to be in VR. Uh, so I'm curious how that will work. But uh, uh, I will play this game. Oh yes, I will. Uh, lastly, I got a new phone, yeah. <laughs> I uh, just, just thought I would throw this in in case I didn't have things to talk about in Internet Intercourse, which uh, obviously wasn't uh, an issue, but uh, it's been so long. It's been, uh, well, uh, just to demonstrate, I had a uh, iPhone 5SE <laughs> and uh, got an iPhone uh, XS. So, you know, th that's a pretty good indication of um, how long it's been since I've got a phone, I suppose. My plan, uh, like, I had a 3, iPhone 3, and then I skipped 4, and then got a 5. My plan was to skip 6, and get a 7, and then skip 8, and then get a 9. Was there a 9? Uh, to, to sort of get every one. But then they started coming out so frequently that I guess I maybe, uh, uh, uh skipped a few more. Uh, so far, uh, very much enjoying it. Uh, I actually don't one of the reasons I didn't want to, well, there was a couple of reasons I didn't want to switch. I need the headphone jack, so now I have a friggin', I bought a bunch of dongles. <laughs> I bought a bunch of dongles. Ooh, uh, that's the episode title. I bought a bunch of dongles. Alright. Um, yeah, so, uh, like, I, 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 I and sort of littered them around, because I need uh, the headphone jack, which is dumb. Uh, why would you get rid of a headphone jack? That, that, that's the one reason I, I would really didn't want to skip. Uh, the other reason which I care less about, but still sort of cared about, uh, I didn't want such a big screen. Like, I like to hold it in one hand and be able to reach everywhere with my thumb, which I, I, I can't do on this. you you got to sort of two-hand it some of the time, so... It's too big and no jack, but other than that, uh, very, very good. Uh, I have noticed some speed. It does have these uh, cool buttons. Uh, if, oh, yeah, let's, let's try this out. Don't know if you can hear that. Can probably hear that. That wasn't me. Um, yes. 
Wow, I'm like a real shock jock here. Am I right? No. Uh, oh, okay, wait, no, sir. Am I right? <laughs> yep, folks, we've really... Uh, I should have... Uh, oh, sorry, someone's at the door. I better get going. Uh-oh, uh -oh, it's, it's the police. I, 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 I gotta go. Time to stop this. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I am a two-year-old. Okay, so, uh, let me find a good button to end this episode. Mm-hmm. It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.